This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Tracy Z, President and CEO of the Waterways Council, Incorporated. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with WCI's Tracy Z. Next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Founded barely two decades ago, the Waterways Council Incorporated was formed to lobby for maintenance and modernization of the nation's inland waterway system. President and CEO Tracy Z says the council has a narrow mission that plays a huge role in the nation's GDP. It's making sure that our locks are getting upgraded, but also are maintained. You know, the average age of a lock right now is almost 60 years old, and that's a problem because any lock over 50 years old, the risk of failure goes up exponentially. So Waterways Council The reason we were founded, we have a trust fund, which the operators and shippers pay into the Treasury, 29 cents a gallon of diesel fuel. That trust fund balance increased to almost $400 The operators and shippers got together and they said, we need that trust fund dollars to be spent uh, fully on an annual basis through the appropriations process. So WCI was founded to spend that balance down and to ensure that Congress puts those dollars towards construction. So our mission, we're niche. We focus on the infrastructure on the inland waterways. Work has been done, but overall, how strong is the system? Overall, the U.S. has been blessed with our river transportation system. You know, you have 12,000 navigable miles of the trust fund, and that is just a blessing. It allows us to move commodities from, you can pick LaGrange, Illinois, for export grain out all the way down to New Orleans and out the Gulf and to China. Our system, though, was mostly built in the New Deal era in the 1920s and 30s. You know, our locks are aging. We received a D-plus this last year from the American Society of Civil Engineers from our overall infrastructure. It's time to modernize. The locks and dams, you know, they're reliable. The Corps of Engineers does a good job at maintaining these old facilities, but it's time to modernize these facilities. This is much like a chain, one weak link, and you can certainly upset the ability of carrying the load. Absolutely, and especially depending on where you're moving on the system. So if you look at the Ohio River, that has considered our newest modernization stretch where they have two locks at every facility. But if you look at the Mississippi River, they only have one lock at each dam site. So if one lock goes down on the upper Mississippi River, you're going to shut down all northbound traffic as well as all southbound traffic. We recently had an example of this with the Colonial Pipeline and also with the I-40 Bridge. So the I-40 Bridge 
had a crack in it, and that was the bridge that connected Memphis, Tennessee with Arkansas, and it shut down commerce moving under that bridge for three days. They were afraid of the vibrations might shut down that bridge. Well, there's 430,000 tons of commerce that flowed under that bridge that couldn't move for three days. And I mentioned the Colonial Pipeline earlier, and when that bridge received a crack, it was during the, the cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline, there was gasoline that was moving north to service that central Tennessee on the inland waterways. So it's a connected system that has the ability to react when other modes of transportation goes down. But if one lock goes down, it shuts down the system, especially if you only have one lock at each facility. How much of the nation's gross domestic product is riding on our river transportation system? And should be noted that it's not just moving down the rivers, it's also moving back up the rivers. There's about 515 million tons of waterborne cargo transited on America's inland waterways. That volume equals roughly 14% of all interstate city freight, and it's valued at $134 billion dollars. Inland waterway transportation is the least expensive, safest, and lowest carbon footprint surface motor transportation. So talk about the industries that rely on our inland uh, waterway system. It's not just agriculture. No, not at all. The inland waterways system is ideal for hauling bulk commodities and oversized or overweight equipment. As we talked agriculture, you got grain, but you also got the inputs coming north for fertilizer. You have steel, you have iron, you have chemicals, uh, you have cement, you have aggregates for concrete, you have petroleum, you have coal, you got intermodal containers, but you also, you know, a, a unique aspect of the waterways that people Sometimes, you know, forget because the rivers are often out of sight and out of mind. It's national defense. You have National Guard units that use the inland waterways to ship all their vehicles downriver from Illinois or from Ohio to lead outside the Gulf. You also got Project Cargo's the Shell Cracker plant, which was just built outside of Pittsburgh, was $8 billion of investment, which the reason they selected to build on the waterways is they were able to bring in all their equipment for installation on the river, which reduced the cost of the project. With regard to the Waterways Council, uh, it seems to me when we first started talking about the locks and dams, frankly, about the time that you came to be, there was discussion of replacing all the locks and dams. And then over a period of time, we've talked about repairing the locks and dams. How much money has been appropriated over time? How much is needed and, and what successes are you finding now in the eyes of the administration and their goals for the infrastructure plan? Is this new idea of infrastructure and emphasis toward infrastructure something that's breeding new life? The word of bill is only a bill that authorizes projects. It does not allocate any funding. So the need for an infrastructure package is great. It's something that, you know, not only for the inland waterways, but for infrastructure in total. Um, an infrastructure package is needed. From an inland waterway perspective, we have 15 projects that are, that are authorized, uh, ready for construction that are valued at $7 billion. Um, you know, that would advance our system significantly. It would not advance the whole system, uh, in total. 
but that if we were able to receive that $7 billion, it would provide a critical investment that would not only help American farmers, but, you know, it would help building in cities as the aggregates that come in to help build the construction. It would, you know, lower the cost of uh, commodities or goods that the American consumers uh, consume. But also, you know, if you look at this infrastructure, uh, it's a lot different here in Washington, D.C. than where it has been the last, uh, you know, four years. Infrastructure started becoming a a running joke here in Washington. It became, you know, kind of a laughing stock whenever something went wrong. You would just pivot the infrastructure and nothing would happen. Um, You know, there's a vibe, there's an energy in town that people are focusing on infrastructure. There's they want to get something done, you know, what does that look like right now? You know, what is the definition of infrastructure? You know, infrastructure means something different to to pretty much everybody. Um, but I truly believe there's there's something's going to get done. It's going to be a meaningful package, and we just hope that it includes the inland waterways. Well, it's one thing to discuss an infrastructure, per se, an upgrade at a terminal of an airport where millions of people flow through annually. It's quite another to discuss concrete and steel in an area where there's more possums than people, if you will, uh, but is so, <laughs> but it, but is so integral to the GDP of the nation. Yeah, you know, there there's a an example I love to give. So if you look at Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, you know, the last 10 years, I don't know if you visited 10 years until now, it's a completely different city. So uh, Nashville used to receive less than 1% of their gasoline via barge. Uh, this last year, they received 45% of all their gasoline for their cars via barge. So that is a direct impact of the waterways that that community does not realize. The other thing is their building, um, <laughs> their high-rise building and new condo buildings and apartments uh, you know, it's probably tripled over the last 10 years. And if you look at the aggregates that go in, in the sand that goes in to make concrete and cement, that has rose just into Nashville five mil, up 5 million tons from four years ago. That's a way that the waterways play a direct impact on people's life that they may not realize. At one time, there was discussion of replacing locks and dams. Now I hear more discussion about repairing locks and dams. Have we had to lower our scope or lower our goals in the eyes of the dollars that are available? Jeff, Waterways Council, we are all about the replacement or the modernization of locks and dams. So we are still on modernizing these locks and dams, but we realize as these facilities get older, we need to maintain them so that they provide the reliability for the businesses, the shippers, that they can remain competitive in foreign markets and also just in the marketplace in general. Modernization is key. Most of these facilities were built in the 1930s. My old boss used to say, would a semi-truck driver like to drive a 1930s truck or would he like to drive a 2021 truck? Uh, So we believe a 2021 lock model that fits the today's tow size um, is where we should be going as a nation. Discussing an antiquated system, it certainly takes more time. It takes more energy, resources less sustainable to work with these older locks and dams for those barges that have to pass and lock through. 
the 1930s locks that were built are 600 foot long, which that was the the traditional size of a tow. So a tow is what the bush or the boat that pushes the barges. Um, today's tow boats gotten more efficient. They've better motors, um, and they're able to have 1,200 foot long toes. So uh, the locks we're looking for are 1,200 feet long. So right now, if you have a 600-foot lock, a boat has to pull half the barges in to reverse out the lock, you know, if, depending on if they're going up or down river, you know, the water will go up or down. Uh, then a pulley system pulls the barges out, the chamber has to refill or, or empty, and then the boat pushes the rest of the barges into the lock chamber, and it goes up or down, and then it re-ties up with uh, the other half of the barges that were in there. And, you know, that that takes an additional hour, two hours, three hours sometime, um, which that that uh, impacts bottom lines of the shippers for the companies, for the operators, and also emissions, though. Um, you know, if you can modernize these lock structures, you're going to get more efficient, um, and that will reduce our CO2 emissions. So looking at the funding situation, the $7 billion you're discussing, of the sum of work that needs to be done, uh, how much will $7 billion cover? How much more do you need? That, that's the million-dollar question. So uh, that $7 billion gets you 15 projects. Uh, we have about 213 locks uh, or 193 locks on the system. You know, um, that would make a very significant step forward. Um, but there are locks going through the study process right now to be modernized. But, you know, these locks, if you look, are just north of St. Louis on the NEST program, the five most, which, you know, those locks average 25 to 35 million tons a year. So that's where the majority of the commodities are going through. It would significantly advance uh, where our system needs to be, but, you know, it wouldn't get us to 100%, um, but it would be a great down payment. Over a period of time, how much has the cost for constructing these locks and dams gone up while we're waiting for Washington to act? The longer a project sits there, the more, you know, your price is going to go up for concrete, cement, steel, uh, which steel is pretty high right now. But yeah, there is an increase into the cost. Um, you know, some are 5% or some are double the cost of from when they were authorized. It just depends on how long that they sit there. The nice thing about our projects is we have a, you know, of our 15 authorized projects, we have some that are as low as 200 million. And we have other projects that will cost, you know, up to 700 million. It just depends on the scale of the nature and what the project entails in order to modernize the, these facilities. Uh, if you had the funds in hand and if these projects could be, could receive the dollars that they need, how long does it take to do the work? <laughs> that, that's, that, that's a good question. So, you know, it depends on the scale of the size of the project, but traditionally, we would like to see a major, so when I say a major lock facility, you're talking about, you know, four, 450 million to 600 million for a lock facility. We would like to see that lock built, um, some, somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five years is our goal, uh, for this. You know, in the 1930s, they were able to complete these projects in three or four years. And as of lately, it's been taking, you know, 15 years plus for the projects that just have been completed. 
But we think if you get full funding up front in this infrastructure package, you're, you're going to be able to have these projects completed somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five years. So it is not a not a quick process, but you don't turn a battleship overnight. If you look at the long-term economic value that this provides the nation, it's, it's a worthwhile investment. When we discuss infrastructure, airports, rail, roads, bridges, uh, inland waterways, if you have significant failure of one or more of these locks, what load then will be pushed on roads, bridges, and other means of transportation? So one barge equals 70 tractor trailers or 16 rail cars. So over 500 million tons a year are moved on the inland waterways. If you were to take that 500 million tons and transfer it to the to trucks, that would be 23.1 million tractor trailers. Or if you were to add it to tr- rail cars, that would be 5.3 million train cars. That's significant wear and tear on our roadways. But it's also at a time where I, I don't know if we have that many tractor trailers or train cars. Um, it would slow down the supply chain. Uh, significantly hurt our supply chain and, you know, probably slow down how, how many people get their Amazon products in two days. Tracy, what is the message that you have towards sustainability? Absolutely. So the inland waterways can play a critical part of sustainability, and it's something easy that can be done in this infrastructure package. If you modernize the inland waterway transportation system, you're going to lower CO2 emissions. River is right now the most environmentally friendly mode of surface transportation. If you upgrade our locks and dam system, it's only going to improve our CO2 emissions. Uh, we're here to, to play an important part in the sustainability discussion, and we believe if you modernize our locks and dam system that we will uh, be able to do that. Tracy Z, we want to thank you very much for uh, your work with the Waterways Council and keeping the uh, keeping the products of the nation moving to and from those who need it most in your service to agriculture. Thank you for being on this edition of the AgriPulse Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and Tracy, today you've got the last word. I appreciate that, Jeff. Just want to tell all the uh, listeners thanks for your support. But more importantly, you know, um, if you ever have the opportunity of um, discussing with the legislator uh, infrastructure, please please mention inland waterways. Uh, we are the forgotten mode of transportation, and the more uh, we get out there and mention the inland waterways, the more it stays on top of everyone's mind. Uh, we appreciate. Thank you for having me on the show today, and looking forward to hearing it. Our thanks to Tracy Z, President and CEO of the Waterways Council Incorporated, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.